Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Lone Star Content Marketing in Denton, Texas. This program is brought to you in part by Members' Choice Federal Credit Union in Denton, Texas, on Unicorn Lake Boulevard. You may be able to be a member at Members' Choice and receive the great benefits if you live, work, worship, or attend school in Denton or Argyle, Texas. I join Members' Choice because they're locally owned and operated and offer a level of personal service I really appreciate. I don't know a lot of other places where I can just go in and they know my name and I don't have to give them an ID or write anything down to get money out of my account. I love them. Members' Choice Federal Credit Union here in Denton, Texas. All right, I want to remind our folks to uh, check out and listen to the links to all of our Law Talk Radio episodes and also our affiliated programs here from Lone Star Content Marketing. Those are all located on the website under the podcast page where you can find uh, everything from the Law Talk Radio to the Small Business Stars programs to a few of our client programs we feature on that site as well. Uh, Don't forget to share the on-demand links, uh, clicking share in uh, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, These are great ways that we all get the information out to people who can use it and benefit the most. All right, as far as our program today, this is another program in our series, actually episode 18 of Building Your Law Practice with Jim Thompson and Nick Augustine. And this week we talk about the, the referral mindset, and we're going to ask this question, can you all pass the referral mindset test? Jim's going to give us this test, and we'll see what we pass. So get those pencils ready. Take notes. Uh, creating the habit of having a referral mindset is, is easy, but it does take some work. So listen and learn how easily you all can incorporate better referral building habits into your daily work. I've done this. It takes some time, but it's quite doable. Uh, about this series of programs, referrals are the lifeblood of any business, especially in law for lawyers. Uh, So why is it then that more lawyers are not getting the referrals that they need to grow their practice? So we've been talking about this with Jim Thompson, my friend and co-host here. He's a retired attorney and the author of Why Attorneys Fail to Get the Referrals They Deserve and Need to Grow Their Practice and What They Can Do About It. Jim shares many reasons why lawyers are not getting those referrals and some things that they can do to grow grow the referral base uh, today. Um, again, Jim is a retired lawyer who's well-known for helping attorneys getting on track to earning more clients through really simple and cost-effective measures. Again, the book is Why Lawyers Fail to Get the Referrals They Need and What They Can Do About It. Uh, Jim will give us an email address where we can request a copy of that book. Uh, my name is Nick Augustine, and I am the principal at Lone Star Content Marketing, and my firm helps lawyers and small business people share the stories about their practice areas, by writing their blog content, managing social media, and producing internet radio podcasts. So, uh, enough for me. Let's talk to Jim. Jim, how are you doing today? Hey, Nick. I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Super day here in Chicago. Sun's out. Not too hot. Really, really nice weather. So I'm I'm raring to go. Um, and, and what we want to talk about today is just simply your referral mindset. We're gonna. I'm going to give you a little quiz uh, a little bit later, but I want to kind of set the stage, if you will, 
and I know a lot of times, and you may have heard me say this before, that I, I, when I talk to lawyers and I ask them about referrals and talk about a referral mindset, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I have a referral mindset. I want referrals, and, boy, I'd love to get referrals. And I go, well, what are you doing to get referrals? And usually it goes something like this. Well, I, I ask my clients if, if they know anybody that uh, can use my services, please, please have them give me a call, and I'll be glad to help them. Well, as I've said many times before, that is not a referral mindset, and quite frankly, you probably, for a number of reasons, which you won't talk about, I think we've talked about some of them in the past, will not get referrals by simply doing that. So what we're going to talk about is your referral mindset, and what do I mean by a referral mindset? And it basically simply means that you have accepted the notion that the best and most economically economical way to build your practice is through referrals. Again, it may not be the fastest. It's a process. But it is the surest way that you can expand your client base. So having said that, i got a couple other little things I, I want to mention to you. And, and this is interesting. I may have said this before, but John Jantz, who was the author of the referral engine, um, did a survey with about 5,000 other small business owners. And he asked a simple question is, is where do you get most of your business? And the, uh, the, the response was about 65% said that over one half of their business came by way of word of mouth or referrals. And I think pretty much, depending on how long you've been in practice, uh, the, the normal, everybody would probably be right around there. About 50% of their business comes from word of mouth. So after asking that question, he went on to ask this next question, and I think this is absolutely revealing. Well, if you get over half of your business by way of word of mouth, by way of referrals, how many have a system in place to get referrals? How many have actually thought about getting referrals, put a system in place to get them? And the response was 79.9% did not, and that's again, did not have any system whatsoever to get referrals. So what does that really say? If you want referrals and you put a system in place, you've got almost 80% of your competition that's not doing anything to get referrals. So think of how, how great you can quickly grow your practice while everybody else is left, you know, by the wayside. Just food for thought there. But what I want to do is kind of talk about a quiz right now that uh, Bill Cates, who wrote a book called Get More Referrals Now, um, uh, came up with, and there's a copy of it in my book, and, and if you want a copy of the book, we'll talk, tell you how you can get it later on. But I want to go over a few of the things that, that he did with, with his, um, his, his quiz asking if you have a referral mindset. And the first question that he asked was, uh, number one, I understand that my new client would prefer to meet me through a referral than any other way. Now think about that. Think about that in your own practice, in your own uh, life. Wouldn't you rather be referred to someone than having to go look at the yellow pages, uh, walk into somebody's office cold without knowing them? We all would rather be referred by way of referrals. And, and, uh, and that's a good reason. A, a good reason why, if I can jump in, is that when you sure. do that that way and you get those by referral, you're trusting someone else who you think may know better than you. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. It's um, it's totally, when somebody is referred, they're coming on your borrowed influence. 
And that simply means if I refer somebody, they're going to say, gee, Jim must be a pretty good guy. He knows this guy. I'm going to go and, and, and do business with the person he referred. And that's exactly what happens. Next question. I'm going to go through these fairly quickly because we've got, you know, like a half hour. Um, and I'm going to start, go through some of them, some I'll talk a little bit more about. The next question is understand referrals are the most cost-effective method for building your practice. So I have a plan to get more and better referrals. Do you have a plan to get more and better referrals? That's what we talked about uh, with regard to what John Jantz was saying. Do you have a system? Do you have a plan for getting more referrals? As we've talked about many times before, the return on investment for growing your business by way of referrals is fantastic. You're not putting out a lot of money. You're not putting out a lot of money for yellow pages or all the other things that you're going to have to do to get business. Once you start developing your referral practice, um, very very little money is going to have to be put out. So it's a very, very cost-effective way to do it. This is one of the things that I think is most important. And I want you to think about this as, as a question. Rather than one transaction with a client, I look at the lifetime value of a client. I understand the lifetime value of a client is not just that one transaction, but includes all the people the client may introduce me to in addition to the future business from that client. This is one of the things that I preach over and over and over again. You may have the type of practice where you're only going to get a client and do one thing for that client, but think about the fact that if you do something good for that client and you build that client, you teach that client how to refer people to you, that's what I'm talking about when I say a lifetime value of a client. Yeah, you may, may have a client and he may be bringing his own personal business to you, but think of it in terms of what that client over your lifetime of your business can bring to your business. And that's the way you've got to really think about it. Forget that one transaction. Develop that relationship with clients, even if you're, say, a personal injury lawyer is probably a great example. You may only do one personal injury case for that one person in your entire lifetime and their entire lifetime. But if you do a good job and build up uh, a referral mindset with your client, you teach them how to refer you then think about all the new business that that client is going to eventually bring you over the course of your practice. Um, this is something that I, I get from attorneys, and I want to dispel something right now. Talking to attorneys and they go, well, you know, uh, I do great service. I, I, I'm a great attorney and my clients love me, and um, they're just automatically going to refer me because I do a great job for them. That is so wrong. People will not refer you if, let me make it this way, if you don't do a good job, obviously they're never going to refer you. But just doing a great job for a client, that in and of itself is not going to bring you referrals. You are going to have to go out and actually teach that client that you want referrals. You're going to have to teach that client what you want, the type of cases you want for referrals, and you're going to have to teach that client how to refer you. Obviously, in the half hour or so that we have, I, I can't go into all those. I think we've touched on some of those before. But there's things in the book, in my book, and again, I'm glad to give you a free copy of it, that if you look at, you can start developing that referral mindset in your clients. We're talking about your referral mindset right now. 
you're going to also have to start developing that referral mindset in your clients. And I think that's one of the keys, absolutely one of the keys. Um, the next one, you know, I understand that clients need to be educated on how to refer me. I just kind of touched on that. If your clients don't know how to refer you, then they're not going to refer you. Your clients may not even know you want referrals. When was the last time you asked them for a referral? You know, one of the things that I have my clients do is at the end of their voicemail or going out of their office or their cell phones, it's a simple phrase, by the way, if you're referred, please let me know who referred you so that we might thank them. Well, now you're starting that mindset with your clients that you want referrals. You haven't come right out and asked them, but you're starting that referral mindset with them. Hey, Jim. And then you have to go and start educating them further. That's just to start. Yeah, Nick, you're going to say something? Yeah, feedback. Um, as you said, you know, when you first you know, think about the clients who could refer cases and whatnot, the first thing that I think in my head is I go through my list of clients, my monthly clients in the head, and I think, have I done everything that I set out to do? Am I behind on any projects? Am I, you know, and it, it kind of circles back to, um, for me, but again, I'm like a super happy, motivated person, but um, so it may not apply to everybody. I know it's Monday. Uh, but when I think about doing work for my clients, I always try to do a really good job so they say, hey, this is really good stuff and I'm going to send someone else a referral. So maybe if there's times that um, it seems that we want to just get the work done or not do the work because the client is, you know, especially in, in law, sometimes the client has a, an annoyance factor, and we all know that. Sometimes clients are difficult. Um, but, you know, <laughs> especially in family law, I've seen this where, you know, some, the, it's almost like people walk into the situation assuming that the client is going to, for some reason, be irritated or not pay their full bill on time. You know, so I've seen a lot of clients, a lot of attorneys, rather, try to get the most done on a case while things are fresh and all that, because especially in family law, once you move to post-decree, you've got issues that you might have done a great job in the front end of the divorce, but on the tail end, on the post-decree, it may not be economically feasible to run into court every time the visitation order isn't upheld and all this. Um, so there's just it's sort of an assumption that all these clients are going to end up ornery or go away at some point. And that is something that I think has shifted from, uh, from when I was first working in law firms back I was, you know, in, the, in the early 90s uh, when I was in college, where people really did uh, anticipate those, you know, the referrals coming from people that, you know, all their business is going to come from those who they've already done a good job for. So I do think that something has changed uh, it, because, you know, if you all are listening to this saying, okay, I hear this over and over from these two, but it's all kind of similar stuff, I really, really think that there has been a change in the schema. We need a, an a overall, um, you know, fundamental, di you know, a shift in our thinking uh, because there's so many attorneys now, and I blame it all on technology. Anyone who comes out of law school now can hang a shingle. All it takes is, you know, build a website, get an email address, and boom, you're good to go. So that's lowered the threshold of entry for a lot of people, and I think a lot of folks just feel overwhelmed. But one thing that uh, an attorney who taught me well when I was in my younger days was that um, I love how, did you love how I'm dating myself at third. <laughs> Yeah. 
and good quality work, and people will look at that, and it stands out from the crowd. So I say, you know, people have to have faith in their business and faith and confidence in themselves when doing all of these activities. Uh, and if you really do try to do such a good job for your clients that they'll be from all the other people they refer. Those are my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you've hit something, and I heard this the other day, and we may have talked about this. I don't remember. I talk about so many different things. But they were talking about how, like, Rocket Lawyer and all these other online legal services are coming on board and they're taking away business from attorneys and what are we going to do to prevent it and how are we going to do it. And the key that they kept on talking about was simply this. Yes, you can go online and you can get a trust done, you can get a will done, you can get a corporation done, but they don't get personal service, that personal relationship. And if you want to succeed in the next few years, you're going to have to develop this relationship. You're going to have to develop a relationship with your clients that says, hey, I am here for you. Yeah, you can get my services or you can get what I do online, but you can't get me. And, you know, you can get a will done, but are you sure it's right? Are you sure that we're going to take everything into consideration? You know, you, you go online and, okay, I, I type in a few things and they send me back the will and, okay, fine, is it right? You are going to have to, you as the attorneys are going to have to convince your clients that it is the relationship that you have with them that is going to be what is key. It has nothing to do with the technical way of preparing documents. They can be prepared online. Uh, you know, you can even get, uh, I guess, uh, programs where you go in, what is it, My Attorney CD, and you can prepare the, the powers of attorney and everything else. You've got to forget that. You have got to understand that people will respect the fact that you have taken the time to become their trusted advisor. Why don't you think mm -hmm. about that phrase for a minute? We kind of got a little away from what I was talking about, but the key is the trusted advisor. They come to you when they have something that they don't understand, that they need. Maybe, maybe it's something that would take you five minutes. And if that's fine, you can answer their quick question and they're on their way and you don't bill them for that, obviously. But mm -hmm. you are the person they come to because, you know, I just called Nick and, and I said, hey, Nick, I got this little phrase in the will, phrase in the lease. What does it mean? He said, oh, Jim, that doesn't mean anything or it means this or it means that. Hey, thank you very much. You don't send me a bill. That happens. All of a sudden, I call you and say, hey, Nick, guess what? Um, my sister-in-law uh, just called me. She was in a terrible car accident, and I need a personal injury lawyer. Well, Nick, you may not do personal injury, but guess what? You know lawyers that do, and guess what? You can take that case. You can refer it out. And in most jurisdictions, you can collect a, a good percentage of the fee. You know, I don't want to, everybody has to look at their own jurisdiction as far as fee splitting and all that. I don't want to get in trouble saying that. But once you become the trusted advisor, people are going to come to you with any problems they have, with anything. They're going to bring their friends or relatives because you are their lawyer and they are, you know, they are important. You know, they hear something mm -hmm. going on, they can say, you know what, let me call my lawyer, with the word, my lawyer, and ask them, uh, a quick question. I, I'll, I'll get in touch with my lawyer for you. Well, you know what? 
you then become that person's lawyer, and then you become my lawyer to that person. And it expands. And, and, and you and know what else, Jim, is really cool about all that, Jim, is that those trusted advisors, they're like property. What's the first thing that we learn about in law school about property? Above and all things, what is property, Jim? I don't know. It's I taught that part unique. of the course. <laughs> it's unique. Real property is unique. There are no two black acres that are the same. Property is unique. Thank you, Professor Dr. Linda Crane. Um, (laughs) Property is unique, and so are lawyers, because as a trusted advisor, that lawyer brings to the table not only what they've learned in their current practice, but what they've done before their practice, what their father did when they were growing up. Their entire life skills set they bring to the table makes them better able to understand certain ways. And that's why there's a reason that certain people will gravitate towards practice areas that they like. There is usually some sort of nexus between it and some other factor of this person's life. So unless the lawyer is just one of these, uh, like a practice area hopper that just goes to um, whatever the current, uh, you know, practice area yeah, the is. Yeah, flavor, the flavor of the month practice, yeah. Like, a, yeah. You know, like a big factory and churning out product and all that. You don't want to be that person. And these, these pieces of software are computers. You know, the computers and the software and all that, they're fine for, men, they're for some things, but they don't know the unknown unknowns. And there's, that's why that trusted advisor that knows someone so well, it just it infinitely better. So be that trusted advisor for all their legal issues. Very, very smart. This is the concept of the, the family lawyer. This is from the eight days of success, decades of insanely successful law practices. And what people right now who are struggling have lost. And it is craftsmanship in the practice. You know, you, you kind of talk when you ask what, what's the difference uh, about real estate. Each piece of real estate is, is unique. And I'm going to just kind of uh, follow that little line of thought and say, you know, we talk about a lot in marketing of your unique selling proposition. You know, what do you do better than anybody else? Why do you do things better? And the problem with most lawyers is what do you do better? I return my phone calls. I do this. I do that. And 90% of a unique selling proposition for lawyers is their personality. It's how they come across. Are they the type of person that came to somebody's office and I can tell this person cares about me. He may be able to solve my problem. He may not be able to solve my problem. But you know what? He's taking the time to listen, and he cares about me as an individual. You don't get that when you go online and do a will or do a trust or do a corporation. Somebody is, is really taking the time. Sure, you're, you're getting billed for it. You know, the client's going to pay the fee for it. But what do they want to pay the fee for? Something that Result. makes them feel good. You go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Why do you go to a why do you go to a doctor that you don't? You may not know. I mean, I don't know a doctor's credentials. He's got a big plaque up on the wall that says I'm a fellow in the American College or whatever. I don't know what the heck that means. How do I feel about a doctor? I, I have a, a good feeling when I sit down and I talk to that doctor, or I don't have a good feeling. And I'm not going to go to the doctor, and he may be the best doctor in the world. He may be the best technician, the best surgeon or whatever. But I'm going to go with the guy that makes me feel comfortable. And he may have graduated from the bottom of his class. You know, so so... A word of the wise, start caring about your clients. 
start thinking in terms of the lifetime value of a client, making sure they understand that you want to be there. And I'll use this phrase again as I did in my book. You want the lawyer. You want to mm-hmm. take care of them for the rest of their lives. You want to take care of them. You want to take care of their kids. You know, you know. every once in a while you see this thing where somebody's uh, been a pediatrician and he's brought that kid into the world and he's brought the grandkid in. He's brought, you know, a whole generation of doctors, 90 years old, and he's brought in all these people into the world. You, that's what you want to grow your practice. You've got to be thinking in terms of where are you going to be a year, two, three years from now, not just today, how you can make a fast buck, charge somebody a quick five, six, seven hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever it is, and never see that person again. You have got to make sure that you develop that relationship because if you don't, some other lawyer is going to, and mm-hmm. you know, in three or four or five years, you're going to be out of business. That's what's happening to a lot of these lawyers that have been in business for eight, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty years now. They are really suffering because they have not developed the relationship over the period of time. One of the things that, and if there's any lawyers out there that have been in practice for a while, I want to say this. You know, when I go into a lawyer and I go, well, what's going on with your business? And, uh, you know, and I go, when was the last time you had any contact with clients you have done stuff before? And they'll look at me and go, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, you did something for somebody a year ago. Have you kept in touch with them? Huh? Keep in touch with every client you have. Don't mm-hmm. let those clients slip through. the. It's so easy to do. You know, you're Jim, taking the time more. to spend the time. Go ahead. I have a couple more things to jump in. Um, it was recently Father's Day, and my father passed last April. And I'll tell you, the last few years of his life, uh, he really took the time to share a lot of what was successful, uh, his success ingredients in sales and marketing and radio advertising. And the two things that he said to me, one is taking your clients for granted is the quickest way to lose them. Um, Those clients who pay every month and are good clients, it's too easy to just assume that they'll always be there as you focus on the next ones. So never take those people for advantage. In fact, this month, all my paying clients are getting free webinars because I want to thank them. Um, Another thing, sleep is the great equalizer, he always taught me, and every people see all these images and they tear from people all day long, and they go to bed, and they... ...people over and over and over again about what you do for work. Keep doing it, because they probably appreciate it, because they'll forget otherwise, too. And it's an opportunity for them to spit back what they do. And the more we talk about and remind each other what each other does, those people we know, like, and trust, are going to get the business referrals. Jim, let's not forget to tell people how to get a copy of your book. Yeah, I was going to say we kind of got off of topic a little bit, but that's okay because hopefully we put out some, some good information. But if you'd like a copy of the book, and Which I'll be glad to send it to you, it's J-E-T, Jet, Lawyers, Marketing Resource, dot com. Just send me an email saying send the book. It doesn't have to be any more than that. And... Um, I'll be glad to send you a copy. One more um, time because it sounded like you went underwater for a second there. J-E-T. Oh, I did? Okay. J-E-T, Jet at Lawyers Marketing Resource dot com. Yeah, I know we've been – I don't know what you've been getting, but we've been going in and out a little bit, so I hope uh, that they got everything, all the good information both you and I put out today. <laughs> well, um, 
again, a lot of these are habit forming. Uh, the reason we keep talking about these, uh, we're hoping that every new episode, someone will take another something, uh, to another takeaway or something to talk about. I suggest listening to these while, um, you know, if you go back and you go to the Law Talk Radio channel on the LoneStarContentMarketing.com page, you can find all of the uh, these latest episodes. And I would suggest cleaning the office and organizing business cards or something. You know, listen to us in the background, jabber some of this. And we're hoping, like osmosis, maybe, or just repetition, uh, or you know, some of y'all will hear this enough. Uh, it'll sink in. And if, if at the end of the day, all of these episodes that we've done, if people can remember the habit of building referrals by having that referral mindset and telling people frequently really what it is that you do will help them. Help them help you. Any further words, Jim? Nope. I just, uh, again, you know, if you would like a copy of the book, uh, I'd love to have you take it, read it, send me an email. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about, shoot me an email. I'll try to answer it. And if I can't, I will find the answer for you. But Next I, week. I, I, next I, week. Yeah. You cut, you cut out of me, Nick. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. I was just saying next week, I was trying to not talk over you. Sorry. Um, I'm running out of time. But next week, tune in, uh, Monday at noon, we are going to talk about marketing budgets and how much money should we really be spending because most lawyers have no clue the value of different marketing products. So that will be Monday. Uh, and, I will tell you, yeah, and I will tell you, most lawyers don't even sit down and figure out how much they want to spend on marketing. They have no budget whatsoever. Oh, you know, it's okay, $200 here, $100 here. And, and they don't have a plan. Uh, they haven't set up a budget. They haven't planned how they're going to spend that money. So we're going to talk about some of those things. That'll be a fun show. All right. Yes, well, everyone, uh, everyone here in Texas, try to stay out of the heat. Everybody up there in Chicagoland, try to get in the heat if you can find some. But avoid that humidity <laughs> up there because it's brutal. All right, everyone have a good productive week. Uh, allow yourself time to do your marketing, and everyone go out there and be super successful. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, Nick. Bye-bye now.